Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Feminine authority felt like it was the permission for that to be okay. I was really struggling on the inside and it was like, then you approached me with this concept and I was like, this is exactly what's happening this week. Because when we become a fuller version of ourselves, we can create authentically, we can create honestly, we can create with any of, without any of these rules that are yeah. attached to personal power. But I guess one of the main sort of overarching themes that feminine authority is, is like this balancing of polarity and duality. Permission to be a human being whilst also being a business owner, for example. This was the answer to so many of the problems that I've been experiencing and have had so many women reflect back to me that they were also experiencing similar things. Like the purpose, the goal that you came is like, I want this to be something that stands the test of time. Like yeah, it's a it's legacy a thing. Yeah, uh, It's an empire thing. It is a movement towards a, I guess, a more sophisticated way of being and leading. You are listening to the Chillpreneur Podcast, the place that we have vibey conversations with some of the most inspiring and mission-driven entrepreneurs, building digital businesses and creating history-making brands. Being a chillpreneur means rebelling against hustle culture and proving that you don't need to sacrifice living a fun-filled, adventurous life to build a business that changes the world. Get ready to be inspired, have a laugh, and of course, meet some extraordinary people along the way. Welcome to the Chillpreneur Podcast. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to another episode of the Chillpreneur Podcast. This is the first episode in such a long time that I am sitting down and recording this introduction from the comfort of of my office. I don't know if you know, but so many of the previous episodes, I've been not only recording the episodes, but recording the introductions on the go, on the fly, as I've been traveling around the world. I went to Africa, I went to Europe, but I am finally back home in a grounded place and ready to do big things. So hello from Australia. Thank you so much for joining me today for this podcast episode. It is a juicy one. But speaking of traveling, I did actually sit down and record this episode with one of my good friends and clients, Haley in Madrid. We got to hang out, we got to go to a festival together, but we also got to sit down and have a really incredible conversation that is today's podcast episode, and I promise you this one is going to blow your mind. So Haley actually has been on the podcast a few times. In one of our first episodes, you know, we spoke all about her journey, we spoke all about self-doubt, but this is my favorite episode that her and I have recorded together because the concept that she is going to introduce to you, which is the 
concept that we've actually been working on together recently. Haley came to me a few months ago and wanted my help from a branding and public relations perspective for this exact concept. You know, Haley is a deep, deep thinker. She is an educational based creator. She is very, very good at going deep with people and helping them to transform their lives. But she brought this concept to me recently as, you know, wanting my help to help her package it in a public relations kind of way, in a branding kind of way for mass adoption, because what she's speaking about really truly does have the perspective to change the industry, to change leadership. And that is the concept of feminine authority. Now, I think this is absolutely genius, not only from, I guess, like a professional perspective, as I've been working with Haley to help her package this up it is a genius way of seeing leadership but I have such a personal connection to the feminine authority movement because particularly in the time where Haley did approach me with this I was deeply struggling myself in my life with the duality of you know having to run this business having to show up as a content creator but also going through a season of my life where I was deeply struggling personally now coming out the other side of those deep personal struggles I am so grateful that they happened because it's through these times of challenges and struggles that we get to grow we get to you know come out the other side with a new perspective and new values and new clarity but I also am so grateful in the timing of things because as I was going through it it did suck but feminine authority Haley's concept really, really helped me not only to make sense of it all, but to just give myself grace and to drop a lot of the shame that I was experiencing around this transformational period that I was going through. You know, the feminine authority concept really does teach us that you can hold both energies. You can experience personal struggle whilst also being a leader whether that be in the online space or any other area of life, you can show up in the same moment and be a healing, struggling, challenged human being and going through what it means to be human whilst also leading other people with your expertise, with your brand, with your business or whatever context you are leading in. And so I'll let Haley do all of the explaining of what feminine authority is, but I just want to say this episode truly has the potential to change not only the way you experience your life and leadership and the combination of building a business as a human being. But I think honestly, leadership as a whole, the entrepreneurial industry as a whole, it really does shine a light on some of the toxicity that's happening in the online space, why it's happening and what the solution could be to that, which you know is a conversation we've had a few times in the most recent episodes on this podcast. I believe we are going through a time of transformation and with that there will be a call for a new style of leadership and honestly I believe that feminine authority is that new style. So let's jump into today's episode. Hello. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Oh hi. Hi. What's up babe? Welcome to the chill. I feel like I can't even like do my serious intro with you. I know yeah. (laughs) Come on perform. Okay ready? Perform for me. (laughs) Hayley. Welcome to the Chillpreneur podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome for the third time. I thought yeah. it was our second time. I yeah. had this whole entire story. I was going to be like, do you remember the first time we recorded like m- million years ago? Yeah. And look at you now. Look I at know. us now. That first one was on self-doubt as well. And I think we actually spoke about this 
on the second podcast, which you can go and listen to as well. I'm going to link them all below. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that one I read off a script. Yeah. And now we're here in person. Now we're here in person. In Madrid. In Madrid. We're on the other Madrid. side of the world. We're in freaking Madrid. Yeah, I know. This kind of buzzes me out every so often. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I know. You and I have been to so many countries together. I know. The first time we met was in London. Yeah. We hung out in Sydney. Yeah. Bali. Now Madrid. Oh my God. We have an international relationship. I love it. I love it. Love we it. have no borders. I to know. Our love. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But so anyway, cute. I am really excited about today's conversation because there are so many things that I want to speak to you about because you and I are doing some incredible, incredible work together at the moment again, which is really, really exciting. Honestly, I have this thing in my business where I'm like, I want my clients to be my friends, you know, and this is the one relationship that is like the pedestal relationship (laughs) of like, if my client, like if I'm not like sharing a bed with you in a luxury hotel in in Sydney or if I'm like not like just pooping in the toilet next door while you're just like scrolling on your phone in Bali, like are we really client coach relationship? Is that even anything? (laughs) But you and I are working at the moment on your brand concept, feminine authority, which is something that Obviously, we're fleshing out together, but I'm really excited to tuck into that today because I think there was some kind of like spiritual alignment of this relationship as well because as you proposed this to me and wanted my help on kind of like packaging it and bringing it into more of a brand, it was something that I was going through myself as well. Like Mm. this was the answer to so many of the problems that I've been experiencing and been talking about like quite openly And have had so many women reflect back to me that they were also experiencing similar things. You know, Mm. a lot of mine was to do with like my cycle and my hormones. But I want to really use this podcast episode today to like unpack what feminine authority is Mm. as well as what it is the solution to. Because it's the solution to problems like I was experiencing hormonal female problems in business. But then so many other problems that we're seeing people experience these days where it comes to shame marketing, where it comes to money, finances, like there's just so many things. So I'm going to give you a very challenging task because I know this will be challenging for you, (laughs) but can you describe to us what feminine authority is? Now, I know there's lots of parts to this, but in the simplest way, just for people to kind of like kick off that conversation. So there are many layers of feminine authority. And I think I should preface this by saying, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to hire Erin was... To, sem- to simplify this because it does go into many different like facets on and many different areas of um, of life really mm-hmm. but I guess one of the main sort of overarching themes that feminine authority is is like this balancing of polarity and duality and so it sort of gives us p- permission to be a human being whilst also being a business owner, for example. So being, and you can apply this with any sort of words, phrases, you know, being able to be powerful whilst being vulnerable, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and I think specifically what you're talking about here is uh, this ability to be able to um, go through difficult things in your life, then simultaneously being able to show up in your business and knowing that it doesn't detract from your ability to be a business owner and to be powerful because a lot of us have probably learned through conditioning through society that authority you know it's about power you have to be perfect you have to be a certain way and what that does is tell us it puts us in a box it says you're not good enough unless you look like or behave in a certain way unless you are perfect unless you show up in this way unless you are a good girl unless you become a bitch 
and unless you, you never have emotions and things like that. And what that does often is it then makes us repress so many parts of ourselves that we just naturally are. It tells us that we can't be sad, that if we're having you know, an incredible month in business, that we shouldn't be experiencing difficult things behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And what that then leads to is a lot of people preaching this perfect life and this incredible life online, which is obviously one part of it, but it's not the whole story. Mm -hmm. And so lots of people are not only being programmed with this idea of perfection, but have also internalized this belief that in order to be an authority online, they need to be perfect and they need to be never experiencing difficult emotions and they need to project this appearance of something that they're not. And it often leads to really bad mental health, a lot of shame, mm -hmm. because you feel like you have to make yourself smaller in order to show up in a certain way. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of the, the overarching meaning of it. And I think, again, like when you first approached me with this, it was exact, like there was an exact example of this because I think I had like a $70,000 a week. We booked our holiday, the one that we're on now, you know, business class, it was all exciting, but it was the week prior to me having my period where for months and months and months on end, I'd really been struggling. So even though these incredible things that I should be grateful for, that I should be celebrating, that I was celebrating on the outside, I was really struggling on the inside. And it was like, then you approached me with this concept. And I was like, this is exactly what's happening this week. I've made yeah. so much money this week. I booked all these incredible things. But like the reality is like, I'm feeling numb. I feel like shit. I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And the fact that these two things could like sit together, feminine authority felt like it was the permission for that to be okay. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I was even having a conversation with a client this morning who is going through a, a difficult time in their life and was feeling a lot of shame around then showing up in their business, like in, in a certain way. And I was like, this is the definition of feminine authority. Yeah. You get to go through something without it taking away from your power because yeah. your business is an element. And the way that I describe and explain feminine authority is that there's two parts of authority building. Yeah. There's inner authority and then there's outer authority. Your inner authority is about how you feel about yourself, how you see the world, the beliefs that you hold around, you know, even what authority means. Um, your ability to be vulnerable uh, and things like that. And then the outer authority is kind of like your brand, your content and how you express that inner authority. Mm -hmm. And it's the combination of both of these things, but it's built on this polarity, you know, yeah. like you can't, like if you just have inner authority, then you, you probably don't have an online presence because yeah. you'll be in this place of sort of perfection. But if you just have outer authority, which we, we see a lot, then you often are coming and operating your business from a very unconscious place, yeah. even if you're preaching consciousness, yeah. because people will not be allowing themselves to experience emotions. They're saying that they always need to be perfect. You know, this whole idea of congruency that's like a word that gets thrown around so much at the moment, which is, you know, just... <laughs> congruence for me is a mathematical thing. Like, yeah, right. I don't know when we humanized this, like this is congruent with this. To me, it was like, this is the same as this. Yeah. But can you explain what congruency is for me? Because you have a very good way of explaining things. I still don't understand it so much, but I know people use it a lot. What It's, it's the new marketing term. It's the new authenticity. Well, but like, what does it mean? Congruency is really based on like an honesty yeah. of like your, that is mapped to your own version of in like integrity. Yeah. 
And just just know that like every single person has their own definition of integrity. Yeah. So one person can't define what is congruent for everyone. So it is. It's like a match. Because I would yeah. think of it like this is a mathematical formula and this thing that that formula is applied to is congruent to that formula. That's the way I see congruency. Yeah. Right? And so you're like if formula. you are being congruent yeah. with, you know, what you believe, it's based on your internal understanding of right. what um, your your morals are, for yeah. example. And e each of us have different moral understandings of the world, you yeah. know, and, and this is dependent on where we've grown up, the country that we've grown up in, the parents that we had. We all have a different variation of what we believe is like right and wrong. Yeah. And so not one person can say this is right. Like this is why we have politics, right? Yeah. This is why we have a far left and a far right because people have different um, integrities, different morals, and neither one is wrong or right. They're just different. Yeah. And so for one person or for many people to say you are being congruent if you are following this set of guidelines and being this this thing and you've got to follow this recipe, what that's saying is you have to follow my standards. Yes, yeah. my congruence. You've got my, to be in congruence be, with, with me. With my integrity. Yeah. And then it you know doesn't take into a, a consideration as people's trauma because yeah. often what this preys on is people that are in a fawn response, for yeah. example, that want to be approved of, that want to feel accepted, but often don't feel that. And so they're looking for ways to be accepted. So they see someone's version of congruency. Oh, this is how I'm liked by this person. Yeah. And then they feel like they need to fit themselves in that mold. And once they do that, they then disregard a part of themselves that maybe has been built from trauma, yeah. which, you know, th th there's no shame in that. That's just a human experience. But when we say that, we then shame ourselves for not being able to fit into someone else's standard. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is where this this term congruency, you know, it's just become this, this very broad term that's being thrown around that has kind of missed the meaning. Like only one person, like only I can say whether I am being congruent. I can't you're being say congruent with yourself. Exactly. I can't say whether you're being congruent. Yeah. Because it's based on your internal values. Yes. I guess the only way that maybe you could see congruency is over a very long period of time, like someone's actions being consistent with their words. Like in terms of like they're saying <laughs> one thing, they're projecting what their values are, what their mission is, and then you could say that person's incongruent with their own mission and what their own words are. Exactly. But again, like you're saying, like you have no idea what's going on in my mind, in my life at this stage. So whether or not I'm acting in congruence with how I'm feeling and what my internal compass is right now, that's only for the internal to judge. Yeah, exactly. And so I think this is where it comes back to an honesty piece of, you know, is the message that you're preaching congruent with what you are doing you yeah. know there's that piece which is it becomes like a mirror you know yeah. a mirror but again it's based on integrity so yeah. you get to define you know if you're preaching for example you know this is just a prime example um not copying for example and then copying <laughs> you know that's something that's incongruent triggering triggering i had someone just just for those listening like <clears throat> I normally don't care about people copying me. Just to set the tone for a second, I really don't because I, you know, I consider myself to be somewhat of a style icon in my mind. Anyway, that's my delusion, you know, delusional girl error. But uh, it's my goals and dreams to be a style icon. So I want to familiarize myself with people copying me. However, someone who preaches originality copied one of my photo shoots, and it was a very odd photo shoot. It wasn't just kind of like the blazer and a, a laptop kind of situation. But anyway, continue. It's just like, that's, yeah. that's my triggering yeah, for a moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, uh, I've, a similar thing happened recently with authority, you know, and exactly how I sort of preach about it. But, you know, that in itself is, 
you know, how I would describe being able to witness someone being yes. incongruent because yeah. they are preaching one message but then doing, doing something else. Thing. So their actions aren't matching the words. Exactly. Yeah. But for, for, for an industry to yeah. say you are congruent if you're doing these actions, yeah. it doesn't make sense. No. Like it just doesn't, it, it, as you say, it's the mathematical formula yeah. doesn't equal that because we are all... Um, our formulas are different. We, our, our formulas are different and we own our own um, congruency because we yeah. all have different understandings of what integrity is and neither one of us has like a right or a wrong like yeah. if we have a different belief on something I'm not wrong because I can rationalize it better yeah. we just have different experiences of reality I think I'm really interested in this part of the conversation as well because one thing that I really love to study on the personal development side of things is identity mm. and I think that how that fits into my other passion, which is branding and obviously helping people to find their own unique magic and package that in a way that's really accessible for people, which is obviously the work that I'm doing now with you at this stage. But I've worked with a lot of people who really struggle with branding. Like you bring so much to me and we're simplifying it. Yeah. But my other problem that I deal with a lot of people is they have nothing to bring to the table because when mm. what they project online and what they create online is generally an interpretation of someone they've worked with before. And then when I come to me and I sit down and have these really hard and honest conversations, because you know I ask a fucking lot of questions oh, yeah. <laughs> because I really, I want to dig out that message, that originality, that essence, you know? Yeah. And so I do ask a thousand and one questions questions in these sessions with people and you know a lot of the times there there's not a lot of depth to to what they can truly bring under what they've mimicked essentially yeah um and I think that in this topic of congruency there's a, an identity piece here where when people are told that this is what is congruent this is what is the standard this is what authority looks like and they learn to mimic that then it just strips them away of their own identity creativity values yeah. all the stuff that you said builds someone's own internal formula yeah. and so to make this a little more practical as I guess the educational side of the inner authority piece like how can one if they find themselves now maybe getting a little caught up in the what's everybody else doing what has my coach told me to do not what have they helped me to do but what they've told me to do how can they reconnect back with their inner authority like how can they reconnect back with who their true essence is so first of all it really comes with understanding that this happens yeah. and and I think maybe I'll, I'll start this in a slightly different way by talking a little bit about the diagnosis um, model that I yeah. have yeah um, and Basically, if, if you're listening to this and you are wondering sort of where you fall in this category, there is a way that I sort of help people understand um, where they may need support. Yeah. Um, and different people will need different types of support. So typically, um, you know, I, I base this on someone's level of thought leadership plus their level of integrity. Yeah. Um, and then it's sort of like depending on where you are in a set of characteristics, you'll typically fall into certain buckets. On the YouTube video, we'll put up a picture of the actual diagnosis model right now, so yeah. then you can see. But if Perfect. you're listening, where, what's, you've got a training with this in it, right? So we I can do. leave that linked as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so the idea is that essentially you have, um, you can kind of fall into three buckets. Um, and those buckets are, first of all, you've got low authority. So low authority is typically where people have um, high integrity, so they aren't typically f copying anyone else. They don't want to copy anyone else. They don't want to um, create something that's not original. A lot of really creative people actually sit here um, because they have so many ideas, but often they don't have the level of thought leadership to actually come out with their ideas. Yeah. And so they are in this place of like, um, 
they aren't moving they're yeah. procrastinating they're avoiding often these people maybe haven't even been discovered yet or they're just just being really inconsistent with stuff yeah. and there's a lot of procrastination that goes into that and a lot of perfectionism too like this isn't perfect enough I won't put it out this isn't perfect enough I yeah. won't put it out so for those people you know there's a lot of outer authority that actually needs to be built in yeah. order to give them a vessel to spread their message through yeah there are then other people that sit in something that I call borrow borrowed authority borrowed authority is people that are borrowing literally other people's authority so often these people have are not being fully congruent. They yeah. are potentially copying or feel like they have to copy someone else. And so these people often have a very low level of inner authority and a low level of outer authority. So those are the people <coughs> who've kind of lost connection to their own inner identity. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it is just an identity piece. And so if anyone does feel like they are in this bucket, just really know that when we're talking about this, there's no shame in this. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just understanding like where you are and understanding, you know, what might have got you there. Yeah. Um, and so th those people in borrowed authority often feel like they, they don't believe in themselves, they maybe don't trust their own voice, they don't trust their own expression, and so often they will go into other people's programs, they will consume it, and then they'll regurgitate the same information. Yeah. And we see a lot of that online, right? You know, yeah. a lot of carbon copies, a lot yeah. of people preaching the same thing, just learning something and reformulating it in a yeah. different way and not actually any real thought leadership going on. So that's borrowed authority. And then we have something like called false authority. And false authority is typically people that actually have quite a, a high level of um, thought leadership, but quite a low level of integrity. And so these are often the people that have <coughs> very high outer authority. So they're often the people that are right at the top of the game. They are preaching a lot of messages, but they often are doing it in quite a manipulative way where there's a lot of shame being used in marketing. Um, <coughs> you know, this can also be applicable to not just like business, but to yeah politics yeah. to you know you could apply this to movies to yeah. tv shows like you know there's, there's always celebrities fashion, exactly yeah you know what my friend I think it's about damn time that you took your business and the impact that you desire to have to the next level. You know, I can see inside your soul and I know that you came to do big things. Don't you think? Well, if so, then you need to check out our free visible masterclass. This class is all about learning how to create scroll-stopping content that gets noticed and how to build massive engagement and trust with your community. Trust is such a a big one because let's face it you know being visible isn't just about being popular that just doesn't cut it anymore it's about serving and growing and building a community of true fans that not only engage with you and want to buy from you but also want to spread the word they want to be a part of the mission that you are here to share with the world so if you're ready to become the person that your audience is obsessed obsessed with searching for so that you can start not only living out your purpose, but building that freedom lifestyle that you're dreaming of, then you need to sign up for the Visible Masterclass today. Trust us, trust us, you will not regret this one. It is freaking epic. I mean, listen to this testimonial that one of our students shared with us. They said, thank you so much for this masterclass. Wow, it has so much value. And honestly, I've been in a lot of coaching programs and paid over $15,000 for strategies that simply don't work. And your masterclass by itself blew my mind. You are incredible and I cannot wait to be permanently in this community. If you want to sign up for the free visible masterclass, then use the link in the show notes. Like I said, it is absolutely free and you will not regret it. All right, let's get back to today's episode. 
And so in that false authority bucket, often then people are training their audience. Yeah. And so they are saying, you know, in order to be an authority, you need to be this thing. Yeah. And so they are preaching often ungrounded messages. And ironically, what then happens is when people consume that content, it then puts people in a fawn response, which is yeah. a people-pleaser response, which actually then creates borrowed authority yeah. in other people. So it becomes this cycle in yeah. that particular loop where people, you know, false authorities are then creating borrowed authorities. Because then, because what I'm, this is where I, I see the potential real danger in this being is like someone is in false authority and then someone, let's say, if we are going to relate this to like the entrepreneurial coaching space, because obviously that's something we're both really familiar with, someone then creates borrowed authority from that, yeah. it's borrowed false authority. Yes. So it's becoming less and less authentic, for lack of a better word, less and less integ integral, congruent, yeah. whatever you want to call it, to, to, to one's real mission, to purpose of values, essence. So then it's like it really is creating this very surface level just regurgitation of the same information that wasn't correct in the first place. Yes, yes. And it, it's not even like it that it wasn't correct. It's just that it's coming from someone's unintegrated yeah. like projection. And yeah. I think a lot of ego sits in here. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people will say that you have to be this. They, they are just projecting what they yeah. view that the world should be. Yeah. And often there's not an understanding that, you know, there's so many different types of people. People come from so many different backgrounds. We're not going to all be the same. Yeah. Um, and so those people often need a lot of inner authority work. And I've seen this in, in many different spaces, you know. Um, and then we sort of go into real authority. And real authority or feminine authority is where you are integrating your inner authority and you are building that confidence. So the yep. process of that then looks like, first of all, getting really honest around where you are in this without shame and just, first of all, giving yourself the permission. I get to be a human being. Like, I don't need to be perfect and I'm going to be on a mission to, you know, start to heal myself. And that inner authority then really becomes like a, a healing journey. So it is kind of a process. Yeah. And you go through different stages of this process. So the first stage is often what a lot of the, the world will sit in, which is, you know, I call it the healer. Um, and the healer is basically where, you know, when people are born, they essentially come into this space and they just get traumatized by the parents and stuff. And then it then get lost the in that space. Phase the sponge, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they need to do a lot of healing, but they often don't. So they're projecting in the world around them. The next stage is then we need to build personal power. And so a lot of then times we are rejecting a lot of the stuff that we have experienced from our parents. And the awakening, the, the, sort of. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like an awakening, exactly. And it's like we are realizing our potential. Yeah. And then what happens is a lot of people get stuck here. Yeah. You know, and so a lot of people then come from this place of like, I am... I am so powerful. The world is I am the center of the world. And there can become like, although it's incredible because we found our inner power, we found our authenticity, we found like who we are. Mm. There is then this projection that can take place, which is saying that everyone else is wrong. Yeah. And it, it's not coming from a neutral space. So we're not actually, we, we sort of learn that in order for us to be powerful, we, it has to look a certain way. Yeah. But the next phase of this, which is what you sort of go into to create feminine authority, is kind of internalizing that personal power and forgetting that personal power. Yeah. So then you are creating neutrality in everything that you do. Yeah. So the goal of feminine authority is to, whenever you ha experience a trigger, for example, we follow that trigger because it's, an, it, it's a guide. It's an invitation to where we need to heal. So that we can create neutrality on everything that is that we it can yeah. experience so that then ideally we can become a fuller version of ourselves. Because when we become a full 
fuller version of ourselves, we can create authentically, we can create honestly, we can create with any of, without any of these rules that are yeah. attached to personal power. Because when people do get stuck in that personal power, you know, again, they're, they're influencing the people in the healer phases. People are just, it, it's this really difficult cycle. And so, you know, inner authority is really a blend of um, understanding what your own version of integrity is. Yeah. It's being able to be vulnerable. That's a really big one. And I think um, despite us being in the coaching industry, a lot of people have a real issue with being vulnerable yeah. um, because it, it feels scary. You know, yeah. you may be able to with your coach, but, you know, what does vulnerability with your audience look yeah. like, you know? And um, there's building vulnerability. And um, I guess this kind of goes into integrity, but there's like a, a radical honesty piece yeah. of just like who you really are and what you've come here to do. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of inner authority and then it bleeds into the outer authority which is like once you're working on this and it is just a process it's a process of building your inner authority of healing you know bringing up you know digging for things potentially that need to be healed and then healing those things and integrating them and then moving forward um, and not getting stuck in victim and then moving it into then the outer authority is your mission your yeah. brand and then your outer collateral. Your outer collateral, your marketing, your copy, your words, it's actually a very small proportion of feminine authority. Yeah. It's a it's the part that most people see. You know, yeah. when I come to your profile, I see your outer authority first, right? Yeah. I'm consuming your content. I'm consuming your brand. Yeah. I'm consuming your words. That out, That's outer authority stuff. But what I'm then also receiving is your inner authority, which is the fuel behind yeah. all of that. Yeah, and, and that's, that's where the, the congruency, piece, congruency piece comes into it. And again, I think this is something that I think it really does take time to measure. You know what I mean? Like you can experience, let's say, someone who's been in the space for like six months. They've made a lot of money, but it's like the congruency from being able to understand it from an outside perspective really comes over time. Like you said, whether those words and the way that they describe their mission and the values that they project that they have whether that actually lines up with long-term actions yeah. because obviously something that I've seen in this space a lot is people come and go I actually spoke about this on my stories this morning um and in terms of that I guess the false authority I've seen a lot of that like mm. I've, I've been doing this for like seven years now I've worked with lots of different mentors I've I've witnessed multiple different popular groups. I don't know if like that's the way to say it, but like in terms of like who like the pop coaches are at the at, at the time and some of them do sit in feminine authority, I will say, but then maybe go on to do other things or are still in the space now. Um, some of them definitely, definitely sit in, in false authority. But I really do think that like it's the the length of time and the, the sustainability of someone that, shows us their true balance of authority from my yeah. perspective anyway like the mission is something that takes time it takes time to unfold even now the work that we're doing with feminine authority we're really trying to build this into something like the purpose the goal that you came is like i want this to be something that stands the test of time like yeah, it's, a it's a legacy mission. thing yeah uh, it's an empire thing like yeah, yeah we can build businesses and make a lot of money and you can do that really in any of those places because i know people making money in borrowed authority Maybe not the uh, the, um, the low authority, the low authority yeah. but like in, yet to in, be seen. Yet to be seen. <laughs> One day. Yeah. You, you got, it's happening. You have potential. Gotta, yeah, yeah. You got to work with Haley in, in her content to cash program. For you. She does. <laughs> um, but you know, you can make a lot of money in any of these any of these places, but it's whether you can sustain it that is going to show the equilibrium between all parts over time. Yeah, absolutely, and. 
I think what we're really seeing a lot of at the moment is, you know, what rises often very quickly are people in this sort of false authority space. Yeah. Um, and I think it's often easier to consume that stuff. And it yeah. often often it happens because people are oversimplifying quite complex problems. Yeah. Um, there's a term called populism, which kind of explains this. Yeah. And so it feels really great to consume. Yeah. Um, but I think m maybe an example of someone in their um, feminine authority, Mel Robbins, Brené Brown, yeah. will be brilliant very examples. Very long careers. Very, very long extensive. Careers. Lots of digital lots, assets. Yeah, lots of stuff. But also, like, even if you just witness how they go through, yeah. if, you, if you actually watch Mel Robbins on her stories, yeah. for example, she is... Um, a brilliant example of someone that is in her power every single day. She's doing incredible boss moves. She's fully in her authority. She's charging hundreds of thousands of dollars to be on speaking on stages at some of the most influential events. She is showing up and sharing these incredible trainings. She has programs you can join. She's fully in her power. And simultaneously, on any given day, she will also come on and talk about an argument she had with her daughter. Mm. And she talks about it in a way that is incredibly vulnerable. And she doesn't shame herself for being a human being. She's mm. not saying, oh, okay, well, you know, that wasn't very business owner of me, uh, ownery of me today. Yeah. I'm going to close all of my programs yeah. because I don't feel good today. Exactly. Yeah. It's like that just... She doesn't do that, you yeah. know. Instead, she uses that as an authentic experience that she tells her audience and she gives them permission that, hey, it's okay that you're not perfect too. This is how I'm moving through this. And she uses yeah. it as an educational yeah. experience. And so she's not saying that I'm perfect. She's not using congruency as a weapon, yeah. you know. She's basically being like, her congruency is based on her healing. Yeah. It's based on like, I'm a human being and we're all going to have experiences like this yeah. and sometimes life is up and down and hey, now I'm going to go and speak on this stage. Yeah. You know, it's a brilliant example. And it's the same with Brené Brown where she talks about um, vulnerability and being in the arena and she really talks about, if anyone hasn't read her books, I highly recommend it. Um, she talks about how vulnerability and power are intrinsically linked and it's actually often yeah. the people that are the most vulnerable that are the most powerful yeah and how there's a massive misconception around vulnerability and what it means it's not actually a weakness it's actually an incredible strength yeah and I think there's that's got lost sometimes and it, it can get lost uh, again and again where people fear being vulnerable and you know there was this trend that happened in the industry last year where people were like <clears throat> you should be unrelatable. You know, don't be relatable in your content. You should be um, so unattainable that, you know, people just want to be in your energy. It's, you should be unrelatable. You shouldn't use your stories, which yeah. I wildly disagree with because yeah. Marketing 101, and I have studied marketing, you know, for nine years, have had previous businesses, was working at Canva, um, massive tech startup in the organic SEO team. You know, the 101 thing that you are taught is like use stories to connect with people. Yeah. Use your vulnerability, create humanness. That is why yeah. in brands, we try to create a human connection. We are literally humanizing brands. Yeah. And the reason that we do that is because people value and trust a human connection. Yeah. And so by saying be unrelatable, what you're saying is don't market yourself in, in an honest way, yeah. <laughs> which is completely, um, you just, you, you can't create an honest brand if you're not being honest. And that's why Mel Robbins is such a brilliant example of feminine authority because yeah. she's leading from that space. She's not trying to be perfect. Yeah. She is a boss and she yeah. shows up for her business. She has a relationship with her business that is based on respect of um, integrity, but she also has difficult things that happen in her life. And yeah. that doesn't detract from her 
authority, if anything adds to it. And she uses those stories of vessels of healing and of expansion for people. Yeah. And it's created this fan base of people yeah. that are so loyal to her yeah. because they know her. Yeah. I was just doing an analysis on my stories this morning about branding again. And like, I really like to sometimes take it out of the, the like coaching kind of like personal brand space. And just as you were talking now, uh, an example that I gave was like Jordans, like Nike Jordans, right? And Michael Jordan, who is the ambassador and is the reason why Jordans are so popular, it's not as if he showed up an NBA champion. You know what I mean? I think why so many people connect with his story is because where he came from, the background, like his story. I remember, I grew up in the 90s, like, mm. you know, the Bulls were plastered all over my brother's bedroom. I remember from the 90s, like the story of Michael Jordan more than I remember the skill of Michael Jordan. And I think that, yes, today there's, there is cult-like following around those shoes for what they are. Yes. But I think what a lot of people may not even realize unless you look at it from the perspective of brand understanding is the reason why Michael Jordan himself as a brand, a fashion icon, as a sports star, is because of that vulnerability in his story, that relatability in his story. And I've always had this Venn diagram in my mind as a content creator because I love to analyze relationship-based creators, ideas-based creators, like all of the different types of creators that they are. And the Venn diagram that I always talk about is like the sweet spot is the is the space between um, relatability and aspiration. Mm. And so this idea, very much I agree with you, that you can come out and like be unrelatable, be unrelatable, be unrelatable. Like, sure, that's going to capture people in the moment and be like, oh, this person made money so I can do it myself. It's like the get-rich-quick scheme, which has yeah. always been around and will always be around to a certain degree. But it's not a sustainable brand. Exactly. It's not something that's going to stand the test of time. Michael Jordan from the 90s, from the day I was born until I'm 33 years old right now. And they are still one of, it's still one of the most popular brands of all time. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff, it has to have that relatability aspect in it. Yeah. And I mean, not only that, but when you do have that relatability aspect in it, it's so much better for your mental health. Yeah, like because you can be a human. Because you can be a human. You Man, know, I was like, just sick for twenty four hours. Oh my god, if I couldn't show up on my stories and be like, I just vomited for twenty four right? hours. Like, <laughs> exactly. Still made money. Exactly, you know? and it, it's that thing of like, you know, what does it look like if one month, okay, you you now got to hit all of these goals every single month to keep ahead to stay yeah. relevant. Yeah. If your entire business right now is just based on your authority being, hey. I make this, this so amount money, of money yep. and you haven't added in your human essence, your essence and channeled your inner authority or found your inner authority to be able to channel that through, it is going to feel hollow. Yeah. And this is often what happens, you know, with people that, are, you know, have built their business to a really incredible place. They start to burn out and they start to feel like, oh, the business just feels hollow. I don't feel motivated anymore. Yeah. And it's because it's been either just about money and there's been no mission about it. Or yeah. they uh, their branding is entirely based on like, oh, well, I have to be perfect. If I'm not making money, yeah. who am I? Yeah. And money will come as a byproduct yeah. over the long run. Like yeah. it absolutely will. It this will to. not detract from making money. This will make you more money. But there is just an element of like, you've got to bring the barriers down. You've yeah. got to bring like this idea of like we need to be perfect down yeah. so that then you can actually find like who you are and express that. Because trust me, I've seen this again and again and so have you. You know, we've spoken about it. Building a business from that place is not sustainable no. but it, for your mental health either. Like it really creates so many weird ties like yeah. with the business and what it means about you as a person codependency. It, yeah, it creates a codependency and exactly. a lack of identity. And I think I've, I've experienced that. 
a little bit like sprinkles of it in terms of like uh you know being a youtuber being a content creator because i came from that era of like vlog everything show everything so that was like my conditioning and when i didn't have i don't know if i didn't i think i've always had like inner authority but like when there was that period of time where i maybe bought into the idea that like everything is content everything is like for the business like i had moments of like but what's for me, what's for my life? And obviously now working on balancing that a little bit more with still being someone who's very open because I'm a performer naturally in life. But even the fragments of that that I experienced of like what is in my life that is just for me, that was a terrifying place. So there's people whose business is their entire life. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, people who say like they are their business. Mm. The thing is, I think that that comes from a place where there are very few people in this life where that is true for. We're talking about the Elon Musks. We're talking about the Bill Gates. And I think what these people are trying to do is use that as an example of we're talking like a very like different subset of human beings where that is that is necessary because Mm. we need those geniuses and again whether whether or not people like these people or not but we need those like the Nikola Teslas like we need those people of our time who have 100% dedicated every morsel of their human experience to something it's still not money it's a mission exactly but or the creation of something but you can't use that as an example and then deliver that as advice to to human beings who are just trying to build a business and, and, and enjoy their life and, 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 you know, positively impact people in the process because this idea that you are your business and that everything else must be sacrificed in the process or you don't care. I think that's one of the things that can be ultra detrimental to people's mental health, because like you said, when the business has a bad month, what else do you have in your life to say, well, okay, businesses are going so well right now, but I have my health, my relationships, my travel, my freedom, my family, all of these other parts. Like this is very much the becoming the coolest person, you know, the holistic kind of making sure you have a well-balanced life essentially. But that's what I do see a lot of people saying these days where it's like, you are your business, sacrifice everything to the cost of your business. But what happens when the business isn't there? Yeah, exactly. And it, it does create this codependency of like, and I've seen it many times and when I first started my business I experienced it myself as well and it it does feel like the world is shattering like who am I who am I without this and you know a lot of the time the question that I'll ask people is like if your business wasn't there would you be happy like would you be happy without the business and I want to preface this by saying like our businesses can give us great joy yeah my business gives me great joy I love creating content Look at what we're doing right now. We're exactly. in Madrid. We're just having a fucking conversation. We've met in fucking Madrid. Like, it's fucking epic. It brings me so much joy, you know? But at the same time, I still, first of all, have built my relationship with myself to a yeah. place that I love myself now. Yeah. And, like, even if this all fell apart, I wouldn't lose myself. Yeah. I wouldn't suddenly be like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, you know? who am I? Who am I? Like, I've got nothing now. Like, I've created beautiful relationships. I have deep spiritual connection. I have other things mm. that I can lean on, you know, if if all shit, if all things went to shit. And yeah. I think there is just this relationship piece with yourself as well, where it's like, if you actually don't have and this ties to inner authority, a strong relationship with yourself, AKA, you know. Become the coolest person you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> becoming the coolest person you know. Get hobbies, people, get yeah, hobbies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's also, but also just knowing like yeah. that you are, 
you know who you are, yeah. you know, and you don't hate yourself. And I, I keep on, I'm coming back to this story and I'm like, do I want to say this? Yeah. But it's like, I, I did used to hate myself. And so I have come from the place of like actually feeling physical sickness when I used to look in the mirror and hating who I was, feeling like everyone hated me, um, was deep in like alcohol addiction and everything. And was just so deeply disconnected from who I was. And when I started this business, still disconnected from who I was. And I was starting to build it. But, like, I was, I still didn't like myself. Yeah. And so it became, that's why I encountered this problem uh, initially. Because I was launching something and the launch didn't go to plan. And I had this massive mindset spin. And the reason that that happened is because I was placing so much weight and expectation on this launch is going to make me successful. This launch is going to mean that I can like myself. It is going to mean that other people will like me. And I was depending so much and putting so much pressure on this launch and on my business to make me happy, mm. to fulfill a need that I just didn't have without yeah. it. Like I didn't feel successful. I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel complete. I didn't feel like people liked me without achieving something. Mm. And that was such a wake up call for me to be like, I need to build my inner authority because yeah. if you don't have that inner authority and you don't have that relationship with yourself, you do put that weight on your business to yeah. be everything for you. You yeah. say, I, I am my business. Yeah. But that often comes out of a place of, I don't know who I am without my business. And what we really want to be building is relationships with our business. Yeah. You know, so with our businesses, we are fully committed. I have a relationship with my business where I show up for my business every single day. It's like a partnership. A separate entity. It's a separate entity. Like when you get in a relationship with a partner, you know, you guys aren't suddenly like, okay, we can't do anything without each other. Like I am you. If you're having a shit day, I'm having a shit day. Yeah. Everything's terrible. Uh, yeah. We're completely interwoven. No, we're separate entities. And me and yeah. my partner have worked really hard on this as well, where it's like, we are able to have our own lives. Yeah. We have different friends. We go and do different things. I'm here in Madrid by myself. He's back in Australia and we're allowed to have different lives because we're not one. Yeah. You know, we are having a human experience to as separate human beings and we have decided to come together with deep respect, with commitment and show up with each other. But it doesn't mean that we are one. And the yeah. same is said for a relationship with your business. You have deep respect. You have deep commitment. There are things you do every single day to show up powerfully in your business but I am not my business. I yeah. have a relationship with my business. And I think the other areas of life that that's really tangible, like you said, relationships is a big one because we obviously can identify codependency, but one that I've seen a lot over the course of, or had lots of conversations with, obviously neither of us have experienced this yet ourselves, but is, is parents. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I have a lot of mothers in my space who have 100% lost their identity because they have dedicated uh, their life to their children and then when their children do grow up and they come out of that and they are really really lost like I've had clients who've specifically dealt with this problem as a as a coach um, one of my clients now is working on that how mothers come out of the the hardcore parenting stage I, I think you could say as as their children start to like fly the nest leave the nest whatever yeah, it's called yeah. <laughs> and they really have no sense of self mm -hmm. and like that's what I'm seeing a lot especially as more women are choosing not to have children and not to kind of like assume that role that we once did but we're still taking those behaviors into our businesses and mm. becoming not, not a barter but like sacrificing everything to the cause of our business instead of the true thing that we should have been doing from the first place is building relationship with ourselves and then filling all of these other parts of ourselves from that fullness 
Yeah, 100%. I would love to just go into like some of the ways low inner authority can show up because yeah. I think it's quite helpful. I wanted to ask a question. Maybe it'll go in this as well because you mentioned before that like this can still make you money. Like mm. feminine authority can still make you money. And I think that's something that's really helpful because I see you as like a queen of making money from an authentic space. You know what I mean? Like I really do admire the way that you show up and the way that you've obviously built your business, but I'd love to hear as you do go into helping uh, low authority create outer authority. But how does this also help more women make more money? Cause that's something I'm super passionate about. I've had my challenges with money, you know, in terms of like, again, I think it comes from a lot of this conditioning, this place, because I'm so mission driven. I think mm. sometimes to, to a fault where I, I've focused less than I should on making money. Um, but I, I read this book recently and it just made me want every woman to be fucking filthy rich, to yeah. be honest, like yeah. now, because totally. like that, like the feminist in me is like, we need cash. Oh, yeah. We need cash fast yeah. <laughs> to make change. So if you could talk about like, yeah, again, how it creates authority, but how to make money as well. Yeah, definitely. And th and this is a big part of my mission too. And I, I guess we'll sort of get into that as we as we go um, through this, because you know, it kind of the reason that I'm focusing on authority is to to get women rich, essentially. And that is that is where the mission really comes from, yeah. because you know, we with that, you know, if you even just look at the gender pay gap right yeah. now, it's it's abysmal still. Like there have been improvements, but I think you know women are losing billions like yeah. a week to that pay gap. And I think there is, we are literally trained from birth for women. Women are told to be quieter, to be more docile. And so often women will grow up a smaller version of themselves, whereas men are told often to sort of be louder and more bravado. And that, that is just how it is. Like women are sort of told to sit in women's circles and, you know, it's not said like that, yeah. but, you know, have little conversations with your yeah. girly friends and have sleepovers. Yeah, have sleepovers and, and boys are told to like fight and, and do yeah. whatever. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we're shown very early on that women should, should be that way. And then we're modeled, okay, if you want to be an authority, you have to do it the man way because yeah. that's how they've, they've yeah. done it. And so that's where this has come from. It's come from this place. But, you know, women, we need to have this reclamation of, like, understanding that we can be breadwinners too. We have the power to do exactly what men are doing. Like, yeah. you know, in there's this brilliant book about Aboriginals. Um, it's written by an Aboriginal author um, in Australia. I can't remember what it is, but I'll, I'll send it over to you so you yeah, can put yeah. it in the notes. But it basically talks about that in an Aboriginal culture, you know, women and men are just seen completely as equals. And, you know, there, there aren't any of these rules around men and women. And they find it very bizarre that we have all of these, like, preconditioned, like, societal programming understandings of what a man and a woman are. They see them as just two completely, like, capable, like, people that yeah. can fight the same can you know if if given the proper um upbringing right from the beginning that we yeah. are equals and uh you know we've spoken about this a great length but yeah. we especially especially in money are still not seen as equals like these stories that i've heard even from people <coughs> traveling business class or fight flight first class and being gone up to in the queue by a man and being like, you know that this is a queue for first class, right? And it's like that right Especially there As a young person as well. As a I, young even person. on the way here, I think the, the woman, like she was so condescending to me. Yeah. She was like, I'm, I'm, I look young, I realize that. But she was like, when I didn't want bread, she was like, oh, miss doesn't want to eat her carbs. Like she was like oh really God. condescending, like you're too young to be here, basically. You little oh girl. She called God. me a little girl. 
Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, the flight that, attendant. That is literally the um, product of the conditioning that we have had as yeah. a society. Like it is. Yeah. There was a projection. Wild. Obviously, she's like, oh, you know, I, I could tell it was coming from a place like, who are you to be in business class? Exactly. This is a very expensive flight in these times. Exactly. Like, you know, she's obviously working on this flight, and I knew it was coming from a, you're too young to be here. This is making me feel bad about myself. Exactly. But it was horrendous the way that she treated me. Exactly. So this actually nicely then brings me on to the, the, I guess, diagnosis of and the symptoms of low inner authority. And just that, what you're talking about right there, projection, is a really big one. And so often the people that are in a very low um, inner authority, and remember that, that we can have different areas um, this may be hard to sort of like conceptualize, but th- we can have different areas where our authority, our inner authority can be different. Yeah. So for example, my inner authority with my clients is very high. Yeah. My inner authority with my parents is still a work in progress. Yeah. You know, because I have different programming and different conditioning with for them. Sure. Um, but often when people are in that inner authority place, there can be a lot of projection. That projection can come onto people's audience through their marketing. So that's often what we see a lot of false authorities and borrowed authorities doing, projecting onto their audience what they believe is the right thing. Yeah. But it's not integrated. It's not neutral. Outing other people um, in a way that's not grounded or neutral. They look at something, say the opposite. Exactly. Uh, often physically calling out someone, using someone's name. Um, But it can also come in the more indirect ways where, you know, someone can just use passive aggression to be a projection. So exactly what that woman had, she was displaying a very low inner authority because she was saying, I am not comfortable with you being here. Therefore, I'm going to try to find power in this situation by making you feel small and not trying to find neutrality in the situation. But a feminine authority way, if if I was to coach her, for example, I'd be saying, what's coming up for you right now? What's the trigger? And helping her try to understand like, where that's come from so she could heal it so then she could create neutrality in that situation so then she could just love on you in the future that's what the inner authority building is it's like every trigger that we have you know every projection that we have we are then healing it but some other areas that you know low inner authority can come out so um projections with team can be a big one so um i've worked and heard you know people that are in that false authority space and borrowed authority place can project onto their team be very difficult um people to work with because um they are they want things done in a very particular way often aren't very inclusive um with people aren't very good with feedback so really struggle to take feedback about themselves or often project everything onto their audience or onto the other people it's always someone else's fault and so you know, this whole dialogue around like the, it's always the client's responsibility, Al- although the client's transformation is the client's responsibility, there is also the coach's responsibility to be able to provide the service, yeah. right? Like if you just didn't show up to calls or, you know, you wildly underdelivered, we'd be having a conversation, you yeah, know? And it's you like paid <laughs> to be in my energy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, true, true. You paid just it's to, all energy. You paid just to know me. Yeah. That's it. Actually, no, you just, you just paid. Yeah, That's yeah, it. I just, just paid. paid. <laughs> and then I got a day in Voxer. There's nothing. <laughs> but it's like, you know, if... um. If we're saying, you know, it's always someone else's fault, often those people then aren't willing to look at what's my program like? Is there anywhere in my program that I can improve? Is there anywhere in my coaching that I can improve? And not take it personally and not let it define them. Because often I have witnessed people literally not even want to look at um, feedback, feedback forms form, yeah. because it it brings up so much for them and they would prefer to deflect it onto oh well it's that person's responsibility for their own client result yeah. and not actually seeing the greater part of this which is like 
oh, what if I could actually make my service better? Yeah. You know, what if I, sh- I could actually make this a better experience and for again, people? And again, it's a business. It's not exactly. your entirety of your human being. It's not being. personal. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and maybe this is a great time to say, nothing in business, by the way, is personal. No. <laughs> nothing. Like, yeah. Everything that happens, whether it's someone doesn't want to work with you, is not personal. It's yeah. just business. Yeah. And if, but if you, everything is tied, it will always feel personal. It yeah. will always feel like a rejection yeah. because it is just this constant like communication that you're having with people, being like, "Do you like me? Yeah. Do you like me enough to come into will you my come world? To my party? Yeah. And it's like actually, when you you know extract that, it's, yeah. it's about so much yeah. else. It's yeah. just business. Um, inner authority, um, low inner authority can also present in copying. We've spoken about that before, feeling like your ideas aren't good enough. Um, that's specifically in the borrowed authority. Um, not trusting your own voice, not trusting your own opinions, really struggling with content, struggling to know what your thoughts and beliefs are, um, or sharing your thoughts and beliefs in a way that is quite um, antagonistic or um, just ungrounded. I call it, um, you know, when I talk about creating content, I call opinionated pieces of content because I love opinionated pieces yeah. of content but I, I talk about doing it from a grounded vulnerability place yeah. right so it's grounded we're not talking doing this like a dear it's diary not, I entry. feel an emotion bang yeah something off we're not and often you know low I- low inner authority is a lot of just speaking from emotion and nothing is grounding like nothing is um taking time to neutralize to figure out like what's coming up to me it's just reactive so yeah. it's a lot of like reactive work as opposed to like responding um and inner authority can also be, I mean, it comes into so so many areas. And if you, if it, like, whenever you have a business, team, clients, um, relationship-wise, but also, like, with your family, coaches as well, like, um, uh, often our attachment types can start to come up when we have low inner authority, even with a coach. So if a coach is either too submissive or too dominant and it triggers an attachment type, we can actually start to play out that attachment type, like, in... Um, there and then we feel like we have to be a certain way in the container and then we can't own the container and yeah. use the container the way that we want to. And we see this a lot in this industry with people being trained. Yeah. To be a good client, you have to use the container like this. Yeah. You can't, you shouldn't be messaging me. You should recall all of your messages. Yeah. That's you being trained. Yeah. And if you're doing that and you're... If you thi- send a seven minute voice note, like you're literally the devil yeah and it's like you know although like cut that voice note up babe yeah. like <laughs> cut it up or summarize but, but also like, just but have like adhd and learn to listen <laughs> yeah, to things yeah, on four exactly. times speed come on exactly it's fine some oh minutes God. voice notes me i love them. two minutes i'll get done <laughs> honestly the same my partner is always listening to me and he's just like that just sounds like gobbledygook yeah. and i'm just I'm like, like you gotta have it. the brain for it i'm understanding it actually yeah yeah me too times five oh times six i'm one down um yeah but it's like you know it's i can't remember what i was saying now yeah. but money <laughs> let's talk about the money piece let's i mean money we, we need we need to we need to wrap it up soon anyway but tegan gave us the the 35 minute finger about 45 minutes ago oh, great. But, okay but i want to talk about two things to finish this conversation to really wrap it up the money thing how, very simply how does being in feminine authority help us make money because we know that like I said before, you can make money in any of those phases. Yep. Like you really can because we see it all the time. But what I'm not very interested in here at the Chillpreneur Company is making money just for the sake of making money right now. But I'm really like the long-term work, the long-term work of like accumulating resources for your mission, for your purpose, for the greater good of your own life, for the greater good of us as women um, and for the mission that we are on having resources having money helps your platform it helps your cause it helps you spread what you came to do further yeah 
one thing you're really good at is helping people make money. Mm-hmm. And so how does feminine authority link with making more money now and sustainably into the future? So feminine authority, it, it, it is a movement towards a, I guess, a more sophisticated way of Leadership. being and leading. Um, and often that will attract um, more sophisticated buyers. Yeah. Um, but not only that, it creates a level of trust and a relationship with your audience that goes past money. Yeah. And that is, you know, y- you do this very, very well. You know, you have an incredibly loyal um, community because you're so vulnerable, mm-hmm. because you're so honest, you're so yourself. And I, I have a similar thing where it's like I've created real relationships with my community, with my clients. They aren't just a number to me. Like 80% of our audience may never invest in us. Yeah. And it's like if we are just creating money from a false authority place, from an unintegrated place, um, it it's just not sustainable yeah. in the long run. And so a lot of these, um, although false authority can lead to very large growth, it yeah. often like platters out after a while when people start to realize that maybe the service isn't that good. Because in, in that space as well, you often aren't prioritizing high service. Yeah. You know, it's just like make money, do more, yeah. make money, scale over people. Yeah. Um, and when you build your business from that place of feminine authority, from that neutral space, from the place of like, I want to do better for the world, world and actually have a mission, you build brands that will stand the, stand the test of time. You build an audience over a period of time that is so warm that they come into everything that you want. Yeah. And not only that, in your content, so I, I specifically um, teach content creation and, and marketing in a feminine authority way. And the reason that feminine authority and content creation go so well together is because it's very vulnerable. And it's, it's very real and it's also very high converting. So I specifically teach to speaking to a high-end audience yeah. um, so that people that, you know, are high-end buyers, for example, actually want to, they actually feel compelled to move through your content and they yeah. do that through your words. And often like a, f- a lower level investor will not be activated by shame content for example and so feminine authority content for example is about creating content from like a more sophisticated place a more empowered place which in turn speaks to a higher level client which in turn allows you to make more money they're not buying because they're triggered so the triggered content someone is triggered they create triggered content they attract a triggered buyer the person then neutralizes that trigger so does the coach they go both get into the container together and go what the fuck? Neither yeah. of us want to be here essentially. And then obviously, how do you actually grow and scale a product that is sustainable from that place? You're not getting great feedback, nor are you creating great customer experiences. Exactly. And, and that's a huge part of it is like a lot of people come away from these environments not feeling satisfied. Yeah. But when you build your business from a feminine authority place, you are prioritizing people. Yeah. You are prioritizing service and a mission over money and scaling. And as a byproduct, money and scaling will come because you'll have higher client referrals. Like I get client referrals all the time. Like I literally had one this morning and I'm just like, cool, I don't even know who's referring people, you know, but it's like people know. The customer experience is so incredible. Yeah, people know if they come into, whether it's a a masterclass, a training, a program, a mastermind, they are going to get an incredible experience. So I have a high client retention rate. I have a very high client referral rate um and people trust me they trust that that if they come into my space that they are going to get a good experience and that comes from leading through feminine authority i own you know if i ever make mistakes i own that i make mistakes i have very honest conversations with my clients i'm able to hold a very neutral space you know and it's like 
that's what you're doing when you're creating feminine authority. You're saying, I desire to be the difference I want to see in this world and this industry, and I want it to have a ripple effect. And in doing that, you will notice just how many more people in the long run will want to work with you versus everyone else. I want to leave it there. That was absolutely freaking incredible. I I think I want to have another full conversation about the shame marketing side of things because I know that's like a big part of your mission and your purpose work as well and something that you've done extensive research on, but we need a full another hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could probably we talk need for like three hours. We need some spicy tea for that one as well. <laughs> we do. Um, that'll be at the Chilpreneur Podcast After Dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna have to be. <laughs> I'm excited. I love you so much. What is going on in your business, in your life? Like, what's just what's happening? What are you, what okay. are you doing? What are you, where are you right now? <laughs> well, I'm in Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have um, the House of Feminine Authority, which is my yearly membership. So awesome. you can get access to all of my programs in that. Um, it's the one that I recommend that people come into because you get, uh, it's the best value for money, but also um, my, my programs are basically laid out to help you build the inner and the outer authority. Yeah. So there is um, a lot of programs on the inner authority, building your feminine authority. We have a new program that's coming up called Feminine Authority specifically, which is not just calling out your shadows but actually helping you heal them yeah. over a period of time and helping you become more conscious become more neutral become the leader that you want to see we have art of coaching in there which teaches you how to coach in a very neutral way actually coach not just project yeah. you know there's a difference um helping you build your belief we've got a whole program just on wealth magnetizing wealth so we really go into a lot of different areas in the inner authority and the outer authority is all of the stuff around making money. So this is the very tangible tools that we do need in order to make money in our business. So content to cash, brand authority, um, programs that sells, stress-free sold out launches. In the membership, you get access to all of those. Awesome. Um, there are also a big bucket of trainings that people can come into which are on a load of different topics from anti-shame marketing to money-making marketing to money topics mindset topics polarity topics lots of different ones you get instant access to all of those and you come in for a year so we're going to be putting a lot of um focus on that particular membership in the year yeah. to come so it's a really really good time to come into it we will leave a link below. Yes. And plus there is lots more exciting stuff happening around the concept of feminine authority. There'll be a lot of stuff happening over on Haley's page, on Haley's YouTube channel, Haley's podcast. So I'm going to leave all of that linked below because this is really something that, like I said, it's made a huge difference in my life already, even just giving me the permission. But, you know, like you said, I've always been someone who's been relatively vulnerable, but then also that in and of itself can sometimes be a struggle because you do have those, what if this takes away from this yeah. and like the activation of like, it's all just me and yeah. it's all just my authority has actually helped a massive, ma I, I've seen a spike in the quality of the relationship with my audience, even from what I had before. Yeah. And I've always had a very engaged audience. So this stuff works is what it I want to say. It does. And we'll link that free training that we yeah. spoke about as well. Yeah. Because that will be a good one. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to get eat now and enjoy Madrid. So yes. we love you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.